What's going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast, and to look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-life.com. My name is Brennan Valentine, and I would like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow co-hosts for the first episode of season three of the podcast. My co-hosts will introduce themselves in a second with our question of the week that we normally start with. This week's question is, what Harry Potter house do you think you are in? Uh, Personally, for me, um, Pottermore said I was a Gryffindor, but I think I'm more of a Slytherin. Um, I don't think I'd get sorted into Gryffindor. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm a little more snaky than that um but then i will pass it off to hope uh introduce yourself and answer the question yeah all right so hi everyone i am hope goodrell uh the other host the co-host of today's episode um my hogwarts house because we're going to specify between hogwarts and um Ilvernoy, which is in the United States, but not many people know the houses of Ilvernoy. Um, so my house is a Hufflepuff. I am a true Hufflepuff. Um, I don't trust Pottermore anymore because I have literally gotten every single house. Um, but I know that I am a Hufflepuff. And I also know that if I asked the sorting hat uh, to put me in Gryffindor, I would be in Gryffindor. But other than that, I'm a true Hufflepuff. Like Newt's Commander, you know, got my little Niffler here. Um, so, um, yeah, today's episode is going to be awesome, right, Brenda? Absolutely. Uh, first episode of season three. I'm kind of hyped. Yeah. We had a, a little uh, a little break there, and there's been a lot that's been happening. So um, we're going to get started uh, how we normally get started on the podcast with some geek news. So, Hope, what have you got for us? All right. Well, many of you geek people out there know that Marvel and Disney have a ton of shows and movies coming out this year, which like, yes, because if we still have to deal with this pandemic, we need stuff to watch. But today, super exciting news. The first two episodes of WandaVision have come out. So you get roughly two hours of new content of Wanda and Vision and their life um, that's setting off phase three or four. Four, phase four of the MCU. And speaking of MCU, how we all thought that Chris Evans was no longer going to be Captain America. There are now rumors going around that says that Marvel's trying to get him back to play Captain America, although not necessarily for a Captain America movie, but maybe like a smaller role. So I've been thinking like uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, maybe. Um, especially if Wanda is supposed to break the multiverse and Doctor Strange is supposed to fix it. Um, and especially like if we're getting Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3, um, I really want Cap to come back. And also I don't want Falcon, if he is supposed to go and be new Captain America to just get like overshadowed and not have representation. But I do love Chris Evans. So, you know, I'll be happy to have him back. My favorite theory has been a limited series following Cap putting the stones back. Oh. Um, that's, I would like that, but again, like, 
I feel like the way they bring him back has got to be with tax because I don't want him to overshadow Falcon. And like, as much as I love Chris Evans, Captain America, Endgame kind of set him off as like, yeah, that was it. But yeah. um, all right. So for news that I have, I've been getting a lot of ads in the past two days and it's been obnoxious. So I figured I'd share. Uh, for those of you Fortnite fans, apparently the Green Arrow has been added as a new special character in Fortnite. Um, and as an Arrow fan, but not a Fortnite fan. I don't know how I feel about this because as I've seen it, it looks like, in my opinion, it might be a, a, a tarnish to Stephen Amell's legacy. However, if he plays well and is a good character, I'd love that. However, just Fortnite ads are bombarding my phone. And right now I'm like, really? that was the most serious character we had on TV. And now it's, it's Fortnite, which I mean, I'm sure for some people it's very serious, but for me, it's, it's not the most serious of, um, not necessarily of games because it's competitively crazy but like fortnite and call of duty have a very different aesthetic mm-hmm. um i'd also like to mention that dc uh for any dc universe subscribers i'm sorry for your loss it has officially been retired however um the dc infinite comic book service will be launching soon so for any of you dc comic nerds from what I've heard, it's pretty similar to the Marvel Unlimited one where like all of their properties are kind of put in one place and it's just a, a monthly subscription, which I'm excited for. Um, maybe getting if uh, if it's in a decent price range um, because there are a couple of new events coming out that I'd love to read. Um, also on the comic book side of things, uh, the Star Wars High Republic book series has started releasing uh, with the first two coming out this uh, on January 6th. And the next one coming out February 2nd. So any Star Wars fans looking to um, invest in a little more pre-Phantom Menace era Star Wars, uh, those books have come out and are on sale. So highly recommend from what I've heard about them. I haven't got my hands on them yet, but they're on my list. And then as of today, like three or four hours ago, at the time of the recording of this podcast, we get our first images of the new Mortal Kombat reboot movie. Um, the last ones were not cinematic masterpieces, to say the least. However, uh, after seeing some of the images, I am hopeful. I just remembered so another piece of news for people who like the Russos as directors and producers and Tom Holland. The Apple TV trailer for their movie Cherry has dropped and it looks so freaking cool. Uh, I can't wait to see the actual movie because seeing Tom Holland as like that many different characters after watching him be Spider-Man, an adorable child, like, so. Tom Holland's got range, like for sure. Um, I respect him a whole lot as an actor. Um, So if that's it for our news, getting into our main topic of today, uh, since it is a new season and a new year, Uh, it is now 2021, we decided that it might be a decent idea to go over like a recap of the the geeky things that uh, we got in 2020 that kind of helped us get through the year that was kind of a bit of a film drought, a bit of a TV drought. Um, Things that, uh, some of the things that we want to talk about are like reminiscent of old things, but a lot of the things came out in 2020 um however hope and i were talking and over the holiday season it seems like harry potter has or like harry potter movie marathons have become like a a holiday tradition on a lot of networks and we get them throughout the year and i know i watched them at least twice and hope you mentioned that so we were just going to talk about the bingeability and uh just some other like fun harry potter stuff before we move on to the other 2020 binges so hope where do you want to start 
Uh, well, I'll start off with the fact that um, my dad, so I am a huge Harry Potter fan, along with my sister. Um, Harry Potter was actually like the book series that got me into reading. And um, my sister and I, when we saw the last film, which, okay, first off, how iconic is a movie series that all you have to do is say it all ends here and then write a date out and in a specific font and like colors and everybody knows that it's the last Harry Potter movie like what uh but yeah the last movie we cried in the theater and held hands because of all the sadness uh but so this year my dad, so that he could finally sort of understand the references that my sister and I would say to each other, we went through the entire series and the Fantastic Beasts movies. And these movies, I mean, the Harry Potter series, it's not like the Star Wars series where you're like, what movie do I start with? No, Harry Potter, just start with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone for all y'all and like the rest of the world. Um, and go through that series, watch those eight films, and then watch the Fantastic Beasts movies. Because, I mean, in my opinion, the Fantastic Beasts movies, you need the Harry Potter knowledge to know what's fully going on in Fantastic Beasts. Um, instead of like the other way around, like they're technically prequels, but I mean, you need the knowledge. Would That's you fair. say the same thing, Brendan, or? I only watched the first Fantastic Beasts movie and I watched it after I got my wisdom teeth out. So it's very, very like hazy. I know what happened and I know like character names and everything. Ezra Miller was in it. I remember that. Um, but I, I mean, I'd have to agree um, kind of like referencing the Star Wars stuff. I'm always a big proponent of if you've seen them before, watch them one through six because uh, it's a very different experience. But if you haven't seen them before, then like watch release order just because of like spoilers. And I feel like that's kind of the same for the Harry Potter movies. Like if you haven't seen them before, watch them release order. Um, but like if you want a different experience, like watch them chronological order, kind of get that. However, I'd say that's probably more true once um, once all of the Fantastic Beast movies kind of release. I know three yeah. they're still working on, but they play in five, didn't they? I think so. But it'll be interesting to see now that Johnny Depp, they don't have him there anymore. I mean, not like it's that hard to recast for Grindelwald, but also like to see how they do the storyline for the third movie and see what they do with that. That's going to be how they can decide if they're going to do five. Plus, the other thing was a lot of people were upset with the first title, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Because they expected it to be more of where to find all the creatures instead of here's the prequel to Harry Potter and events leading up to mm -hmm. everything. Um, so I think that kind of like pushed people away. But if we get people back with um, like with the third one, I think that would be really good. Yeah, so. definitely. Because I mean, my expectation going into it was like, oh, the story of Newt Scamander. But then we get the whole Grindelwald yeah. reveal at the end. I'm like, oh, that's not what this is. But then like going back to like the main Harry Potter stuff too, mm -hmm. I think like the, cause for me, like it was kind of a shock, like this season was when I really realized like, oh, they're using this as a holiday movie. And I like the first five, yeah, there's always like the Christmas scene, but then six and seven is just like, no, it's so dark and dismal. There's mm -hmm. no more time for Christmas. Um, but the thing that like, kind of like hit me this like past watch around two is just like how 
deep a lot of things are like i i finally came not finally every time i watch them i come up with a new question about the world but a lot of them like have answers and i just need to look them up but this one didn't have an answer um and that is after i watched uh half blood prince um like that i think it's like the second scene in the movie where um narcissa and bellatrix go to snape's house Mm -hmm. and like make the unbreakable vow I never thought about this before, but if Snape has a house, like, does he just not stay there during the school year? Does he stay at the castle? And then, like, all of the, like, teachers? I assume they just stayed at the castle, but if Snape has a house, what's stopping the rest of them from having a house? And there's not an answer to that. I mean, that's fair, but I think, I mean, personally, other than, like, maybe Dumbledore and Trelawney, and like Hagrid, I think there are some that the idea was that they have other obligations too, um, mm-hmm. because Snape is such an amazing potioner, um, and he can, um, like, he's known for a lot of things. Like, I'm fairly certain he was the one who came up with the potion for werewolves um, to help Wolfsbane? with the transition. Uh, I don't think he didn't come up with Wolfsbane, but he might have come up with something. Well, it wasn't different. Wolfsbane, but it, it there's like a specific potion because in the third. Oh yeah, no, one, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, can't remember the name of it, um, but how Lupin would drink it and then he could just curl up in his office and be a sleeping wolf, werewolf. Um, I think Snape came up with that potion um, using ingredients like Wolfsbane. Um, mm-hmm. And like Ben also said, it's super easy just to like apparate from one place to another. They can't apparate. I thought about this too. And I was going to mention that, but Dumbledore is the only one that can apparate inside and out, uh, like in and out of the Hogwarts grounds. Like, yes, in theory, they could just like walk off the premises yeah, or like fly a broom. But also like, I'm, to me, like, it still begs the question, like, do they state, because in the first book, like they get caught by McGonagall sneaking mm-hmm. out after dark, not just Filch. Like most of the times it's Filch. But, like, I would assume, and then, like, during Chamber of Secrets, all the teachers are on patrol and all the time, like, do they have a place to stay in the castle or do they go home? Is it, like, a mix to the, and I was not able to find an answer. But, like, it's stuff like that, that, like, when watching yeah. the movies and I'm like, this is, this is definitely, like, more timeless than a lot of, like, media that you're going to get. Oh, yeah. Like, 20 years from now, I'm sure, like, people will still be watching Harry Potter and some things that we watch today we might not be watching. Yeah. Well, and I know like Rupert Grint has come out and said that he would love to be part of the remake. And I know a lot of people are like, Emma Watson should be Professor McGonagall if they do a remake. And um, honestly, I also don't see them making a remake of the movies for a very long time, just because they were so well made, especially considering that they started in what, the 90s, early 2000s? Early 2000s. The first book came out in 99. I think the first movie came out in 2001. Yeah. So like, you know, all of the CGI stuff, you know, still relatively new. And the fact that they were able to make it look that good, like, I think it'll take a while before they think, even think about making remakes. Mm -hmm. Although I I was going to say one movie that I would love for them to make is the founders of Hogwarts. Like, and mm-hmm. how it came about. But that's a later conversation. Mm-hmm. And also, like, it'd be one thing if, like, Harry Potter was owned by Disney. 
Because mm-hmm. Disney is like, we will make whatever money we can off of this property. But I don't know how much like extended universe Harry Potter stuff we're going to get on the big screen just because I think Warner Brothers was like, fantastic beasts we got this and then that failed and it's kind of like what has happened with like the dc universe on screen is it's like we had these big plans and they didn't work what are we going to do so i'd say probably by 2025 we might have a clearer plan but i'd say in the next five years i don't i don't i'm not really expecting anything new and i'm fine with that because the harry potter movies i feel like they can hold their own at least for five more years for sure if not like decades yeah no most definitely i think as far as like how long they're gonna last they i there are still kids today picking up Harry Potter books and reading them and loving them and then wanting to go watch the movies. So I don't see anything really happening with them mm-hmm. in the next few years. Um, I think it's definitely trying to get Fantastic Beasts going again um, and trying to like finish off the Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Um, I think I will give Warner Brothers props for the end of Fantastic Beasts 2 because they left it on a cliffhanger that both my sister and I went, that's not possible. What the heck is going on? And I don't, it's kind of sort of spoiler-ish, but it's revealed that there's a possible other Dumbledore sibling. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, and there was only supposed to be Albus, Alberforth, and Ariana. and so like we're trying to figure out what the heck is going on with that so i think if they went off that plot line too that that pulled in a lot of people to be like wait a minute something's not right explain was the other sibling around the same age as ariana i didn't watch the movie so i don't know details but like um so ariana died um, for some reason, I'm starting to think that that's not the proper name for her, but no, it's Ariana. It is Ariana. Okay. Um, she died when she was younger. Um, the, and the story was that it was something to do with Dumbledore, with Albus Dumbledore, because she idolized him. Um, but they're based on the second Fantastic Beasts movie. There is um, a theory out there that Ariana actually had an Oculus inside of her. So essentially she had magical power, but it didn't blossom. She kind of squashed it down um, and it consumed her and killed her. Um, and so the theory is that her, if she did have an Oculus, that it went and attached itself to baby Credence. Um, Mm -hmm. because he's not the same age as Ariana. Um, And so it's it's interesting, and it's one of those, like, I keep going, okay, is this fan theory, or is this true, or what's going on, and I need the third Fantastic Beasts movie so much right now. Like, I just could come out this year. That would be fantastic. I've I've heard that the the cliffhanger might be related to Ariana's uh, accident. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... um, the the seventh book, the whole like the what's her name that Rita uh, Rita Skeeter mm-hmm. wrote. I can't. I I said her name in like an American accent and it sounds wrong. Um, <clears throat> but uh, that like whole book, I'd have loved to like as much as her writing is awful. Um, I'd love to actually like if J.K. Rowling like wrote or like gave us something that more than just the excerpts in that that'd be fun. Um, so. 
before we move on to like other bingeable things, I think we have to ask like the very obvious question of who is your favorite Harry Potter character, non-core three? So no Harry, Ron, Hermione. Oh gosh. Okay. So like, I know I'm not supposed to love Draco, but I do love Draco. But honestly, I think my favorite character is Seamus. Seamus oh, really? Finnegan. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because of the actor who played him. Um, or Your dad's a muggle. Mom's a witch. I'm half bit, and half. Yeah. Bit of surprise, wouldn't you find out? Um, but I, I don't know. There's just like, he's kind of like that comedic relief character, but also the character that you go, well, he is a half-blood and, you know, he's from Ireland and all of this stuff, like, I, I feel like there could be a story with him, too, that we aren't told, but also the fact that, like, he's basically really good at pyrotechnics and he gets a lot of things blown off his face or, you know, like his eyebrows or the bald patch. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I... I just, I love Seamus. He's really good. Um, However, I do got to give to Seamus. He's, to me, he's the same type of character as Cho Chang. Because, I mean, if you've heard like J.K. Rowling, okay, you make one Asian character and you name her Cho Chang. But then the the one Irish character, Seamus Finnegan, and he's going to blowing stuff up. Yeah. And when I was like realizing that now, I'm like, oh, man. That's another stereotype. Uh, but for me, non-core three um, is definitely Luna. Um, because I don't, like, I'm just so envious of her because, like, very clearly she's kind of an outcast, like, even, like, prior to book five. Um, but, like, she's so optimistic and stuff. And even, like, she's still an outcast, like, throughout the books, but, like, she, like, kind of finds her own group and everything beyond just, like, Ginny and is, like, fine with the whole... I don't know. I especially like after book seven, like her going through all the torture and everything after getting taken from her dad. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, she, she's not just this little weirdo. She's very strong and resilient too. Um, so like, I just I like, I liked her getting added in. I know she was only in the last three books, but I, I enjoyed having her around. But I, I, if you say that, and I'm, I absolutely love Luna too because I think she's a great character for any kids who need someone to like help them gain confidence because you just look at her and it's like oh yeah you know people steal my stuff and they spread it around the castle but it's okay we're just having fun and you know I am who I am and that's why they're doing it but also I'm not gonna change and Mm -hmm. like she's just she's so kooky and adorable and loves pudding and so the fact that she which if I'm fairly that's like not American pudding it's like just like dessert, I think in general for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's I love her too. Mm-hmm. My one of my favorites is like the scene transition in um, the sixth movie where it's like when Harry's talking about who he's gonna take to Slughorn's party. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'll take take someone I like, someone cool." And you cut to Luna in that ridiculous dress. Like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, that's not who I thought you were talking about. But perfect. <laughs> But like that, that's so perfect too, because it's like, she's herself and someone else thinks that she's cool. And like, it's such a good role model. Um, uh, I like Luna a lot. She's um, awesome. So normally here on Raving Geeks, uh, <laughs> after we finish our main topic, we go on to recommendations. Um, but we figured with like, we kind of, kind of like an extended recommendation section with discussion. 
kind of at the end here to kind of go over other things in 2020 that we like were released in 2020, got added on to in 2020, got modified in 2020 that kind of helped us get through this uh, not optimal year. So um, Hope and I are going to go back and forth and kind of share some of the things that we thought. Um, I thought I might go first. Uh, one thing that was kind of like shorter that I really liked um, was Big Mouth season four. It came out closer to the end of the year. And um, I love Big Mouth. It's a show on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, like this uh, raunchy animated adult comedy um, produced by um, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, uh, both of which are great comedians. Um, and I don't, if you haven't seen it, uh, highly recommend it. Season four was not the same as the rest. Like all the other seasons pushed boundaries on like kind of what you can say on TV. And then season four just got kind of gross. Um, but it's, it's still fun. It's still entertaining. Um, what highly recommend. And I'm so glad we got another season of it and that they were able to work on it virtually. Cause uh, I would have been very disappointed if I had to wait another year for um, season four of Big Mouth. But I will admit that I've never seen it. But the fact that it's Nick Kroll and John Mulaney has always made me want to see it. But like, I feel like personally that I have to be in a specific mindset and mood to be able to watch it. Because otherwise I'm just going to be like, this is stupid. Why am I watching this? But also Friday like, night fun with friends. Like if yeah. you're in like a, just like a, a good atmosphere, good mood is a great place to start it. Or if you really want an episode that's good to get into to kind of like easy win season two, episode one is my personal favorite. It has my favorite joke in the whole series in it. Um, so. <laughs> All right. I can, I can do that. That's definitely a, on the bucket list with my roommate to watch um, over the next semester. Um, if So I love, there's only one season of this so far and it's on Netflix. Um, so being a huge King Arthur story fan, I absolutely loved the show Cursed, um, which is a twist on um, the King Arthur series. You have all of the same characters. You've got Merlin, you've got Arthur, um, Gwen, Morgana, um, you know, everyone's there. But Arthur isn't the main character. It's a female uh, fae who is named Nimue. And um, it, and like the idea is that the sword chose a female first. Yes, Brent. Fae, like Morgan the Fae? Or? Uh, like fairies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking like related to the witch and I was like, oh, cool. But. <laughs> um, no, Mor Morgana is actually in a uh, essentially nunnery. Um, Arthur, she and Arthur, like... Like nunnery, like religious or nunnery, like nunnery? Religious. Okay. Like, take in those who need help and, you know... Got it. A bow of... Uh, Poverty and chastity. Yeah. Um, and because essentially... Arthur and Morgana, um, their father and, and mother both died. And so he sent her away to go live with the nuns so that she could have a better life than he did, trying to scrounge for food. Um, actually, that's a lie. He didn't send her away. She was taken away because of his father's debts after his father died. Um, 
and so she was she went there um but yeah it was really good i will admit that the first like episode and a half threw me for a loop because i'm so used to the regular king arthur story that hearing like all of the actual names but it's not going the way that i know uh was weird but i got really into it and it was really really good and i highly recommend it that sounds really good they came out in 2020 yes i believe so nice i'll have to look into that cursed Yes. All right. Um, for any video game players, specifically single player open world stuff, um, this year we got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I was looking forward to. Um, but in order to prep, um, I decided to try and play through the Assassin's Creed series again. Um, so if you haven't played Valhalla and are planning on it, highly recommend. Um, but I would also recommend going back through the old games because um, there's so much stuff in there that like people can pull out. I'm kind of, I'm a, a little bit of a history geek and all of the stuff that they can relate uh, in all of the extra stuff, um, all of like the side missions and everything, like the little like uh, bits of information that you get that kind of tie into the Assassin's Creed timeline and like are weaved in with our own history, I thought were really cool. Uh, when I first played through the early games, I was not, I was like freshman in high school at, at the oldest. Um, so there was a lot of stuff I missed and playing through them again and like, this is why I, like, I liked the games for the gameplay the first time, but like there's so much stuff. And then moving on to Valhalla. Um, I'm not, I have not been hugely thrilled with like the newest Assassin's Creed games. Cause like um, I really liked how things were kind of condensed in the first couple, but they've gotten so vast and expansive. But with Valhalla, as much as like that still kind of exists, um, I like a lot of the new stuff, like the new twists that they put in there. It's it's still Assassin's Creed, but they're still they're they're still evolving. But um, yeah. I'm I'm hoping, you know, this is a, it's a good sign. Well, if you're going to go off with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, because isn't Ragnar Lothbrok one of the characters in that one? Um. Like one of the side characters that gets brought in, Possibly. maybe. Yeah, I haven't finished it. Okay, <laughs> um, because the reason why I bring that up is because there is a show on Amazon Prime called Vikings, and the final season, uh, season six, like just came out right before the new year. I haven't watched it yet because I'm still back in season four. Um, but. It's about Vikings, and Valhalla is the afterlife, and, um, like, kind of like heaven, but, like, basically just, like, you know, the good place. You're not dying, and you, you have... Oh, a, Viking heaven, um, yeah. which is just, you get to fight all day, and if you win the fight, you get a big feast, and then it starts all over again tomorrow. <laughs> basically. Which, like, you know, for them, that was their thing. Um and contrary to popular belief vikings were actually very cleanly and like civilized humans so we should have gone with the vikings instead of you know what we went with but anyways can't go back and change the past unfortunately um, but but i okay so if you love um alexander ludwig who has been in so many different things. He was in Race to Witch Mountain when he was younger with uh, Dwayne Johnson. I forgot he, about that movie, but that was so good. That movie was so good. I love that movie. Um, it's on Disney Plus now. Um, 
uh, he was in the recent movie Bad Boys for Life with Will Smith and um, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, um, but yeah, so he is he plays Ragnar's oldest son, Bjorn, and to say that like this series is boring would be an absolute lie because there's so much like there's little storylines woven in and like you get and it's so factually accurate too because the creators were very much like no what does this look like what would this have done what like it's so good in season six just came out and I have been trying not to watch all of the clips on YouTube and spoil it for myself because I love the characters so much. I, I do get mad at Ragnar a lot of times, but uh, Lagatha, who's played by Catherine Wernick, um, is an absolute boss at being a shield maiden. Um, she is gorgeous and amazing. And yeah, if you like action and history, I highly, highly recommend Vikings watching from season one. And if you want to watch it just for Alexander Ludwig, which honestly, that's why I started watching it. I'll be honest with that. Um, he doesn't come in until season two, but season one is still really good. And so, yeah, I highly recommend watching Vikings. Sounds good. I've heard good things about Vikings. That started on HBO, didn't it? Uh, it was a history channel. Oh, really? Um, show originally. Yeah. And uh, then I think History Channel kind of sort of went away or lost money for it or something. And so Amazon Prime picked it up. So if you have that has Prime, happened a lot. Yeah. Like where something gets dropped off like a major TV network, a streaming service picks it up and all of a sudden like it's number one charts. Yeah. Uh, I know that happened with Lucifer. Mm -hmm. um, what else got moved to streaming service? Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, that's still on TV. Well, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine went to a different... They went to a different network. Yeah. Um, so. they, went, they went to NBC, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, but then something that I forgot was 2020, but that took up, like, honestly, months of my time this year um, was Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7 came out. <laughs> Back in, what was it, like, March or April when it started first releasing? And then, like, that got me to rewatch all of Clone Wars. Um, and then I watched, for the first time, all of Rebels and all that stuff. So, like, the Star Wars Disney Plus content is always bingeable, always worth watching. But, like, Clone Wars Season 7 kind of revamping that, giving, like, a breathing a little more life into that part of the franchise, I definitely think was, at least for Star Wars geeks and then people that got into Star Wars over quarantine, was definitely, like, a high point. Mm -hmm. Um like the, I don't know if everyone, if anyone knows the, um, like the final lightsaber duel of between Maul and Ahsoka that was done, like it was motion captured and then like with the original actors mm -hmm. and, or the original actor for Darth Maul that played him in Phantom Menace. And like, that was just one of the coolest fights in Star Wars of all time. And I, I'm still kind of like writhing in that, what's the right word? basking in the glory of star wars the clone wars maybe um because that like the anthology style of clone wars definitely 
leads to a lot of bingeability. Like there's a lot of like, not like one-off characters, but like characters that show up in one arc that you kind of like learn a little bit about. Um, and then heck with Clone Wars spawning new series now, like that season seven, like laid the ground for Bad Batch. Um, I know we probably still would have gotten Ahsoka and Mandalorian, but like we got to see Ahsoka again. Um, what's the other one? I think it also kind of spawned what they're doing with Droid Story. Um, but I'm not sure. But like all of the animated projects that Star Wars is doing is like has been based from Clone Wars. So like uh, that's my highest point of 2020 was Clone Wars season seven. I know Mandalorian kicked butt, but like Clone Wars season seven was the beginning when like things were really hard. We were still adjusting and like it kind of breathed some life into areas of uh, my day that I just needed, you know, pick me up. So now Clone Wars is animated, right? Yep. The movie and the show. Okay. Would you recommend that people watch it while trying to do like a, like a Star Wars marathon? Like how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. you're supposed to watch like certain seasons or certain episodes between? Or would you say watch it separately? Okay, that's what I did. Was I like I, when I was deciding to watch Clone Wars, I watched like season one and I'm like, I should rewatch Phantom Menace, watch Attack of the Clones, finish this, then watch Revenge of the Sith, Solo, Rogue, because I hadn't watched Solo at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue One, or Solo, Rebels, Rogue One. Um, and then, you know, the rest, the rest of the movies. Um, I still haven't watched Resistance. Um, however, I still feel like I'm, which is the new animated one, but everyone's okay. like, that's for kids. And I'm like, so are Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, but, it doesn't matter if you love the fandom. Like, oh, I just I just haven't gotten into it, but I think there's like almost three seasons now, so I, it might be something worth watching. But um, I, I, heck, if anyone's watched Resistance, t- tell me in the comments if it's worth watching, um, and I will I will try and catch up. But um, I wouldn't recommend it if you're just trying to do a movie walkthrough. However, if you're thinking about doing like an extended, if you've seen the movies before, you maybe if you've watched Clone Wars before and you just kind of want to rewatch and like if you want emotional value, I know Disney Plus has like the stuff that they assigned like for um, if you were wanted to catch up on certain highlights in The Mandalorian that were relevant from Clone Wars and Rebels. I've watched those episodes and those arcs. Um, the Mortis arc if that rings a bell for anyone, um, the, uh, the, I don't remember the official name for it, but the arc where, um, Ahsoka's framed for treason in the Jedi order. And then the siege of Mandalore arc are must sees if you really have to see like the top ones, but there's plenty of other arcs that are amazing in that show. So, um, and then do you have anything else that was like bingeable came out 2020 need, so I have one more. The, this movie didn't come out in 2020, but it's part of a series that was supposed to have a movie coming out in 2020. Um, so the movie Hobbs and Shaw, which is part of the Fast and Furious series, um, which they were supposed to have Fast and Furious number nine come out this year. Um, and then it got pushed because of COVID and I will forever curse COVID for ruining that. But you we know. got like that was the one Han was supposed to return, right? Yeah, and it was so weird because I'm like, Han's dead. We literally had a story arc that Cyborg Han. Like, what's going on? Um, I am so confused because the whole point of Shaw, of Derek Shaw coming in, and was because Dom killed his baby brother Owen, and so 
Derek killed. killed um, Han it, so that he could get to Dom, and I'm just like, Han's alive, but he there was a fiery explosion. I'm really confused. Um, it's like that TikTok trend. It's like, I'm dead. I'm alive, but I'm dead. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I feel like that's just like cinematic whatever or like TV universes. They're dead, but not really. But, you know, they can come back at any time. Um, we just want you to get you to cry. That's all. Um, but yeah, Hobbs and Shaw, Dwayne Johnson, and um, oh my gosh, I always forget his name. Um, guy who plays Derek Shaw, Jason Statham. Oh, yeah. They are absolutely hilarious together. And then we also have a Ryan Reynolds cameo in it, and it's beautiful. And yes, okay, this is going to sound weird coming from me, but like if you watch WWE and you know who Roman Reigns is, he is mm-hmm. also in Hobbs and Shaw because he's one of um, Hobbs's family members. So um, Dwayne Johnson's family members. Um, they, like, I mean, they weren't like officially rivals in WWE, but like they, they fought, didn't they? Um, no, because I no. think, I think Dwayne Johnson was before Roman Reigns' time. Um, I know they were different eras, but I thought like, yeah. I thought there was something with them. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, they're cousins. They are okay. technically cousins along with, um, the Uso brothers. Like they're all related. Um, and unfortunately the Usos were not in Hobbs and Shaw. But Hobbs and Shaw is so funny and like it's it's beautiful and I if you need something that's like a pick me up and you want action and really good acting and Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds like watch Hobbs and Shaw because it's beautiful. You don't need a ton of knowledge from the Fast and Furious movies. Um, like having just like a little bit so you know what their rivalry is about but you don't really need that much knowledge and so it's like really nice as a standalone film too Um, Mm -hmm. and there's not as much like fast cars as much as just like the meaning of family too Um, but it's it's really good and I highly recommend it if you've been missing Fast and Furious and you're trying not to freak out about the whole Han being a live thing that we never there's so many movies that were just like yeah we'll do it when we're done when COVID's done and I'm like okay now there's just so much stuff um because you know like they're done they're they're produced they're ready to be you Mm -hmm. know sent out but then like the developers just sitting on it like we know you won't go to the theater and you can't go to the theater so we're gonna wait so we can get more money (laughs) but I never saw Hobbs and Shaw because um I don't know I felt like it was uh, I was already disappointed with the last like three Fast and Furious movies because like um, the first five I was well, I guess minus Tokyo Drift Tokyo Drift's still good but like I really liked like the the kind of car aspect of it too and I feel like they kind of lost it in the last couple um, but that's I mean it's been commercialized it's been popularized so like what else like can you expect um, but um, well, I, I don't know I'll, I'll definitely give Hobson Josh a shot. The other thing like with the series like moving away from cars is the whole idea between like what Dom was doing and like what their group was doing was a lot of street racing 
and they kind of had to move away from that, especially with Brian being FBI and and like trying to be go clean and everything, um, mm-hmm. and like be legit. Um, and so I think that's part of it. I mean, they still do have like like Fast Five. I thought still thought was like amazing, and it had yeah. the car stuff, and then it was like it was kind of like that transition into the more like the the more modern Fast and Furious movies. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Fast Seven, Fast Eight, um, and it had um, Scott Eastwood in it. That one had a little bit more of the cars come back, um, especially when Roman decides that he's going to drive a bright red orange Lamborghini in the Arctic tundra. Like that was it. Rome- that was it. Yeah, like. Roman, what are you doing? But, you know, you've got cars because they've got the cars that they, um, the government has seized from various whatevers. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of, they, they try to go back, but like you said, it's very commercialized um, now, but it's also like what their plot is. But yeah. yeah. Oh, I still enjoy the movies. Like the, each, yeah. each thing, each movie, they have to one up, like what one mm-hmm. thing they did last time. Then they're like, all right, Furious Seven, we dropped them out of a plane. All right, this time submarine, um, yeah. <laughs> or like I, there was like cars versus submarine. But um, and then for me, the last like couple, I just had like two like minor things that I wanted to bring up that I thought uh, kind of like adapted to twenty twenty. Well, that weren't from twenty twenty, but um, the app Pokemon Go, which is timeless. <laughs> um, they they adapted so like you could still go outside. We could still do all that stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. they have like the remote raid passes. They've made it like the they switched up the settings to make it so people didn't have to interact, even though that was like a, a main part of the app. And I thought that was really cool. Um, obviously, right now up here in the Great White Northy, uh, we're not really able to play that much Pokemon Go, at least not comfortably. Um, but I still highly recommend if you've been off Pokemon Go for a while, re-downloading, or if you never did, um, it's always fun. To, always fun to play. Always see, fun to see new people. And then I'd like to give a special honor. Uh, a 2020 um, award medal, if you will, to the modern classic sitcoms, the like the early 2000s to like 2010 sitcoms, mm-hmm. The Office, Parks and Rec, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a more recent one, New Girl, all of those, um, like the most bingeable content there is on any streaming service, like the seven or eight seasons of just like dumb laughs um, with also like compelling characters and stuff like that. I feel like it would have been much harder to get through 2020 if you didn't have stuff like that. Um, so like shout out to those creators and those shows and the actors and characters associated with them because I know I rewatched every single one over over quarantine. And I don't know, I just feel like they're at least worth mentioning. I feel like Friends, even though it was more of like a 90s show, well, Friends it was too, a 90s yeah. show, but like they get lumped in too because honestly like friends for me is just so easy to just go right through and i'll and i will admit i skipped a few episodes because i was like oh yeah i remember what happens okay next episode but Mm -hmm. you know that one gave good laughs and had really good characters too so yeah yeah i feel like friends was kind of like the start of that all i know like there Mm -hmm. were things that existed before but like the obsession with it especially in the streaming era yeah, definitely came from friends. I wish they had like a shuffle button for shows like that. Mm-hmm. You just like, I don't want to watch anything in order. I just want, you know, the dumb yeah. jokes from different things. So normal. I mean, that was kind of like a, the gist of our 2020 recommendations, but do you have any non 2020 recommendations? I know I have one or two. Oh, 
like just I mean, things you've been doing recently if you if you don't no big deal because i know um, we just talked about a lot of stuff i'm trying to remember what it's actually called it's on disney plus my roommate got me turned on to it i think it's called the magic of the animal kingdom yeah magic of disney's animal kingdom um it's about their animals that they have down in florida and like the behind the scenes and like how they take care of them and it's super cute and kind of funny and like the fact that the first episode has um a vet and they're going oh yeah you you feel that the giraffe's drooling on you and he's like i feel something it's like yeah the giraffe's drooling on you (laughs) like it it's wholesome and you can watch it with kids and it's great so yeah i would recommend that thanks um, something for me recently, I got into Pokemon emulators on my computer, specifically trying to do randomized Nuzlocks. Any of you Pokemon fans that haven't done that, um, I'm sure you can look up the rules on the internet, but basically, um, you randomize what Pokemon you encounter. You can only catch the first one on each route. And if a Pokemon faints, it dies. So you have to release it. Um, it is ridiculously, it can, it can be very entertaining and very frustrating. So if you're looking for something new to kind of like waste a couple hours on, not waste, cause it's very fun to do but um highly recommend those um and then something really recent that i wouldn't clump necessarily into 2020 is um new comic series the not necessarily new it's a continuation of the dc metal event but the dark knights dark knights death metal one um i don't want to give any spoilers because it's pretty new but highly recommend for any batman comic fans or um i guess two also if you're like a, a new gods fan it'd be it's an interesting twist um, and then the last thing, uh, right before break started here in Mount Pleasant, we got, um, we got a Popeye's and I just like to recommend the Popeye's chicken sandwich. We are not like sponsored or anything, but I tried one for the first time and that stuff is so good. Um, so like the recommendations section, it can be anything, like anything you geek over. I'd like to consider myself a food geek and a Popeye's chicken sandwich. If you're just looking, it's not like super cheap, like McDonald's, but it is so worth it. So like, if you haven't tried one, go do it. If you're looking for an excuse to go out to eat tonight. Um, go to Popeyes. If you have a Popeyes around you, try to if you're in Mount Pleasant, Popeyes. Popeyes. Um, if not, Wendy's is a good chicken sandwich too. So, um, all right, and I think that is it for today's episode. So I'd just like to thank everyone for joining on the joining us this week. Um, and obviously, like everything we talked about today, like this was not all the geeky things that got us through 2020. So let us know in the comments or on social media what got you through 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can start a conversation, maybe bring up some good ones next week. Um, So uh, again, thank you all for joining us and make sure to join us next week here on Raving Geeks. I've been Brendan Valentine along with my co-host, Hope Goodrell. And I just want to say, make sure to stay geeky and have a great weekie. So long, everyone. See ya.